2: And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After a beautifully blue Saturday, ended in victory at Morecambe, time for Blue Monday. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since twenty fifteen. my name is Mikey penty Smith, and joining me for this show over in North Wales is Seb Brown. Hello, Seb. Hello, mate, evening. And down in is it Jaywick or Clacton? We've got Craig Fimbo.
3: Hello, mate. Good. Yes, very good.
2: (laughs) I just try and get one
3: over. I can can, can see I can see the smouldering smoke from the tyres from Jaywick. (laughs) <laughs> That's as
2: close as I can get. Yeah, and uh, good evening to all of our um, viewers and listeners um, over in Jaywick um, tonight and, and anywhere else. We've got a few people in the comments already, gents. Should we start saying hello to our, our regulars? And hopefully we'll have a couple of new viewers tonight as well. So we've got FPL Tractor, ever-present, isn't he? Dan Connors, Charlie D says, Hopefully my last trip to Morecambe. Seb, you were at Morecambe yesterday. Are you hoping it's ec- your last trip? Or I would I you be going thoughts. back for a holiday, perhaps? No, definitely not. No, I echo those thoughts. I was
0: there on a cold day. In was it February time? We were there, Craig. January, February mm. time at the back yes, end like of that. last season. Yesterday was a nicer, nicer weather day. But yeah, done that one now. No need to go back. I
2: feel. Mullet's here. Watch your lads. Um, Did was Mullet in fancy dress yesterday, Seb? <laughs> That's how he rolls. That's that's
0: how northern away days are. That's how he rolls. Handlebar moustache, flat cap, and long trench coat.
2: Go go. go he's nothing. Go, 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 go. He's nothing
3: if not textbook.
2: <laughs> We've got Tony Rand. Hi everyone. Robert Anderson. Evening to all. Chris Rand. Evening everyone watching this on the exercise bike tonight. Blimey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all, we're all getting a sweat on here, aren't we? especially Michael Warner is probably 30 degrees in Brisbane at the moment isn't it good morning right not sure what that's about but yeah let's um let's get, get into the seriousness of the podcast and it, it was a another good weekend for for Ipswich Town the team but um almost felt immediately after the final whistle Craig there was some quite sad news coming out of the club wasn't there Former Ipswich manager John Duncan sadly passed away on on Saturday. He was our manager in difficult times in the the late 80s, wasn't he, Craig? But someone that always handled himself really well.
3: Yeah, he was. He was probably, well, maybe one of our managers that sort of goes under the radar a little bit. Um, he took over from Bobby Ferguson and John Lowell took over from him. So he sort of just slips slips under the radar a little bit and... You know, as you say, he sort of didn't get dealt the best hand in the world because by the time he'd taken over, the the players definitely had all left from you know the the um, Robson era. You now they started to disappear during Bobby Ferguson's era, and Terry Butcher was the last one to to leave, I think, and switch the lights out at uh, in the summer of '86. And John Duncan um joined the the summer after that, and um I didn't really appreciate the time, but he, you know, I well, as we all, well, you two weren't, but I was I was young at the time, and it, it, he was. He was in his thirties at the time, I think thirty-eight, thirty-nine when he joined us. And you always think of him as a as an older gentleman, like a safe pair of hands, which he actually turned out to be. Um you know, his his was the era of um John Hallworth and Yallop was there, Graham Harvey, Nigel Gleghorn. These aren't, you know, ha- names that'll um be well, Fit Yallop maybe, but the the others aren't gonna be um inducted into the Hall of Fame anytime soon. But he, you know so he's working on a, a bit of a budget he had to sell Dalian Atkinson who come to the fore underneath him um, mm. he had to sell him um, Ian Atkins was his captain I think we sold him to to Birmingham but it was that Humes Gleghorn, Mark Brennan David Lowe he brought in um, it was that sort of era so he had three seasons um we finished probably just outside the playoffs in each of those each of those three seasons but I think what he did do, was he laid some pretty good foundations for that um, promotion team from the year after? So if you think that um, towards you know that final season of John Duncan, we had Craig Forrest would have been in goal, um, Simon Milton would have been playing, Stockwell sort of secured his position underneath John Duncan. Zondervan was there throughout his reign. He signed David Linnigan. He signed former Nappy Salesman Neil Thompson. Um, so you know he he put. You know the nucleus of that team, which actually went on two years later to um, to, to gain promotion. And as I say, did, had, there was very very little money sloshing around at that particular time, and you know we were selling to to buy players. Obviously, probably most notable um, purchase was Sergei Baltacher. He was in charge when um, we went over there and lured Sergei over with the promise of a a Lada or a Skoda, whatever it was at the time, and. Um, he also signed Ian Redford, got got down from Scotland. That was a that was a big signing at the time. You know, the, this was the, the era where we were you know, signing one or two players a year, not one or two players every couple of days. Um mm. so you know, people in the chat can probably mention a few names. Yeah, David Lowe was bought, I think Brian Gale, it was that. Um, yeah, so sort of that era. So yeah, three seasons in charge, probably finished eighth, seventh, ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth in those in those three seasons. I think his win percentage stands up. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty solidly. Yeah, we've
2: we've got a comment here from Norman Greenwald says his win percentage is only behind McKenna and Burley in the modern era. That's that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive stuff, isn't it? Considering yeah. the, the players that Which, he was having taken off him.
3: That's it, and the restrictions that he was he was working under. Because I say it was a real lull that um that he was he was a lot of working working under at the time. And he came from Chesterfield and eventually went back to Chesterfield, didn't he? Had that mm-hmm. famous final semi final, wasn't it at Old Trafford? Um, yeah, Borough, Sean, Sean
2: Dyche, I think, was playing. He
3: was captain, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he's yeah. captain of their team. So, yeah, he, he almost got them to the final of that. But I think he was just, you know, one of those just lovely guys, real real football football guy. Um, and, yeah, it's just terribly, terribly sad news.
2: Indeed, yeah. And there's a, a few comments here. Charlie D says, first manager I remember. I think EJ Norris said the same. It probably wasn't far off for you either, was it, Craig?
3: Yeah, certainly, yes. I was probably, yeah, that's was certainly... Well, I was probably about 12 so yeah that sort of just starting senior school that just starting to um really get into into your football and uh yeah so it was the it was the era of dalian atkinson and jason and um yeah mark brennan those were like the, the first david lowe that's sort of the first era of, of players i really started to watch in earnest
2: yeah and jules says r.i.p john and thinking of all the family and i think yeah we can we can all go along with that one um yeah, thoughts are with John Duncan's family. Um, so, yeah, ITFC women were in action today at Oxford. They they got a really good result, actually. 1-1 um, Oxford top of the league, I believe, Seb. Um, yeah. So, a
0: really pleasing result. A really good point, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, went behind. Lacey Leggett opened the scoring for Oxford, and Anna Gray equalised. Uh, they were top of the league, they were unbeaten, so it's a tough place to go. Obviously, they doubled us last year, didn't they, and snuck into into third place, was it in the in, in the final table? So a really, really good, solid point built on the the foundations after a after a slow start. And we're only five points off top now. We've got a game in hand as well. So suddenly it's gone from being you know a pretty slow start to all looking mm-hmm. pretty positive again. So a great point away from home. Yeah, very
2: much up and running now. Um, Ipswich men's team, more than up and running, Craig. Um, And it was, yeah, as we mentioned, we were up in Morecambe on Saturday and there was five changes. Were you a little bit surprised by how many changes McKenna went with? Or is, is this just sort of par for the course now when we play two, three games in a week?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, I was surprised to be fair. You know, it's half your outfield. Um, players being switched around and you know Seb was there but it did actually look like half our outfield players have been switched around for the first 45 minutes didn't it um, unfortunately but you often we will we as it transpired um, Dominic Ball was um, had had a gash so he couldn't play um, and we often see Caden Jackson in away games albeit not through the centre I don't think he was particularly um, that's particularly his best position, but yeah, so probably was a little bit surprised that it was it was quite the um, influx of new players.
2: And Seb, um, first start for Richard Keogh was was did, did that seem like a sensible move? Like a bit of experience, it was going to be a, a different proposition going to Morecambe, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess with the with the comments of the
0: keeper beforehand, was it Thursday? He gave the interview and said we need to make it horrible. I know what I need to do. You you kind of thinking is it a game to bring that bit of nous and that bit of experience that Keo brings into it? I was surprised to see five changes. To be honest, I thought we might see two or three after uh, after Tuesday night. I thought I had a feeling Edwards might come in and start, given how, how well he did, and I thought it might be a good opportunity to, to rest one of the tens, either Chaplin or Harness. So I thought it might be uh, Chaplin after a couple of quiet games, but Keo brings that. That that now that experience that organisation that you want when you're going to these kind of horrible northern cold away days and um, and, and and yeah, like Craig said, I was surprised it was so many changes and, and I guess that impacted
2: the first half because we, we just didn't get going at all. No, yeah, we'll get into that. So I'll just quickly run through the team for those those listening, If they're unaware, we had Walton in goal, Edmondson, Keo, and Danassian with the back three, Edwards and Davis in the marauding wing back positions. Evans was back in midfield with Morsey and it was Jules, John Jules on the left, Chaplin on the right, and Jackson through the middle, Seb. It was at the start, yep. Yeah, that's
0: how they yeah. that's how they were right up until the, the goal. We'll talk through the game in a minute, but that's certainly that that diagram is how it
2: was from the off. Cool. And I'll just run through that Morecambe team. Ripley seems to have plenty to say for himself, Craig. He he was in in nets it would have been interesting if he didn't start after that, wouldn't it? Um they <laughs> they matched us up Formation-wise, didn't they? Well, a more straightforward three-five-two, but they matched up with three at the back. Um, yeah, I think
3: I think very often those the the wing backs there also dropped back in, didn't they? As very often, I think they just strung five across the back.
2: Mm, indeed. What, former Ipswich, wow. Well, former Ipswich reserve player Dylan Conley was starting in midfield, and and Stockton said was up up front. That he hasn't played huge amounts this season, but when you saw his name on the team sheet, were you? A little bit worried that he might repeat what he did at Portman Road last season? I think, yeah, being an Ipswich fan for so long, you always think, don't you, that when there's a player that
0: hasn't scored all season and has barely kind of pulled up any trees after an amazing season last year, you always kind of feel it's inevitable he'll open his account for the year against us. So when I saw that he was starting, I did kind of get a little bit worried and think it's it's inevitable he's going to come out and score and get his season up and running because obviously he played... Pretty well in that two-all draw at Portman Road with both goals, coming off an amazing season last year. So it was a little bit concerning when I saw his name on the team sheet.
3: He looked quite good. He made himself a bit of a handful, didn't he? Because then he hasn't really been playing many games. You know, he's put himself around. He got himself a couple of chances, didn't he?
0: He did, yeah. Very little service. He had to kind of create his own opportunities. Um, but he's, you know, he's experienced. He's physical. He, he he likes to lead one on a couple of times on players and stuff. So he he had a good chance in the second half that we'll come on to. But when you've got a, a striker of that kind of, you know, that that calibre, it's natural, I think, to feel a bit of a bit of nerves.
2: Absolutely, and it yeah it looked like it looked like we were struggling from from some nerves in that first half. Seb, it's a bit of a horror show, wasn't it? It was,
0: yeah. We just didn't get going from from minute one. You know, everything that we do so well that we've seen so 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 much throughout the season, moving the ball quickly, people knowing their positions. It was all very much up in the air. I think did you put a message in the Telegram group saying uh, saying about how the the grass seemed long and it was it was really starting to affect our passing yeah. game. You know, that the passing was so wayward in the first half. We improved a bit towards halftime, but for the first kind of. 20-25 minutes or so we weren't at the races at all the ref let a few challenges go there was a really nasty challenge right in front of the dugouts then number eight took out Chaplin and I don't think I've seen McKenna as animated I've not seen it back it looked like a, a, a red at the game I haven't seen it back so I don't know what the, uh, uh, what the what the severity of it was but the referee was letting a few things go and we just didn't get going at all it, it wasn't working with Jackson in that lone role we've spoken on here before how you know he, he struggles to hold the ball up he's fine through the middle when he's one of a two but his best work this season as we know has kind of come out wide hasn't it it's 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 when he's been out wide targeting a player with his pace so we we just simply didn't get going weren't doing the things that we do really really well throughout this season and it was a a, probably the worst performance of the of the the season that first half I'd say Captured off by pretty bad goals concede as well Seb yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an error, isn't it? So the Keo plays a ball, but I think it's Keo plays a ball back to, to Walt when it's kind of a little bit under hit slash the grass, making the, uh, making the pass kind of look underhit. Walton comes out and kicks it straight to their player, Connolly. He makes a little run. I think it's Morsey that, that trips him and just takes a, a tactical foul. And then it's McKenna came out afterwards, didn't he saying it was a, it was a kind of, if, if they tried to do it a hundred times, they'd probably mess it up 99 times out of a hundred. It's a ball dinked forward. Kind of the, the player gets a flick over the heads of our defense and there's a guy right there just to slam the ball home. We, we thought he might get a, a lucky flag. We might get an offside. But to be fair, at that stage, they probably deserved it because they were pressing us quite well. They were playing better than we were. We, we hadn't really created anything up until that point we arguably we were unlucky with a penalty that John Jules perhaps could have claimed he was kind of bundled over and body checked as he worked his way into the box I, I thought that was probably a penalty uh, yeah as Adam says there yeah I thought he was body checked I thought that was a penalty but but aside from that we we very rarely got into the box and it was a it was a well-worked free kick and then you're thinking right they've only scored two goals at home all season the, the crowd were then up with them we we couldn't settle at all Ripley was taking 10, 15 seconds per goal kick. Every time there was an offside, he was throwing the ball further forward and having to be sent back by the linesman and, and the refs. So all the tricks were starting to come out. And I think it was the first time this this season that I've probably felt a little bit worried. And normally, like with the Cambridge game in the week, you kind of feel calm even at 70 minutes if you haven't scored so far this year. But it was a very, very different performance. And there were a few kind of nervousness on the, on the, on the terraces at halftime.
2: Indeed, were you nervous over in Amsterdam, Craig? I'm a, I'm amazed you had a good view of the length of the grass over there.
3: Yes, exactly. That it was it was a good day for grass um, yesterday <laughs> over in uh, over in Amsterdam. But <laughs> no, all, all jokes aside, <laughs> um, I think it did affect us. That the grass verdant. I said I'd say the word verdant. It was ridiculously green. It just seemed to ridiculously lush, and you having to really, really put your foot down the ball to get it to get it any distance. It was sort of. You know, hunking back to John Beck at um, Cambridge, growth grass along in the corners. <laughs> yeah, in the corners so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was getting to that stage. Um, so I think that I think that did affect. Us. As, as Seb says, they were they were um, pushed up pretty high and in our face for uh, for the first half, certainly. Um, but then, you know, by the same token, as Seb says again, that, that penalty it's you know, it's it's the old two cliche. It's seen him given and, and anywhere else on the pitch, isn't it? It just bumped into the back of him, pushes him over, and. Yeah, from the halfway line it's it's a foul, but um for whatever reason. Well, we know the reason they don't get given because the refs aren't particularly great, but um even itself out, I suppose, the second half.
2: We d- it did look like well it, for me it sounded like we reacted pretty well to to going behind though. Ev- Evans hit the post, didn't he? And hmm. it it sounded like we reacted fairly well to conceding, and you were probably thinking going into half time, yeah. I'm sure Seb we were deep down all probably fearing the worst and thinking, oh, maybe we we might only get a point out of this game, we might we might even lose it. But with the bench that we've got, you I I feel slightly more confident than I would have done last season. Yeah, I mean he, he made a change
0: almost as soon as that goal goes in, McKenna makes a change. So Edwards was getting absolutely no joy down our right against mm. their kind of left left fullback, left centre back. So he straight away went over to the left hand side. Jackson came over to the right and John Jules went through the middle and we did start to look brighter. Like you said, we had the effort where Evans shoots through a crowd and hits the post, and it comes quickly to Jackson, who just blazes the bar over over the top. I blazed the ball over the top of the bar, and then Chaplin as well, from about 25, 20 yards or so out, has a shot off target. So we we kind of started to get a bit more into our rhythm following that tactical reshuffle, um, and that kind of laid the groundwork for what was to come in the second half because Edwards started to get more involved and get much much more joy down our left hand side.
3: What's quite interesting, there, Seb, is you know should it. Should it, I'm not hanging McKenna out to dry here. should it need a tactical reshuffle? You know, it's nothing new. We know that Edwards can, is better on the left than he is on the right. We know that Jackson's better out wide than he is through the middle. These aren't changes that we might not have foreseen that would need to have been made, are they?
0: No, I agree. I mean, when I saw the lineup uh, before the, the game kicked off, I assumed Jackson would be in one of the two wider attacking midfield positions and, and John Jules would be through the middle like it was at Hillsborough. Um, for me, Jackson, he brings so much with his pace, but I, I don't think he can he can kind of lead the line. And those two kind of players, I guess you want to give Edwards a chance given how he performed on, on mm. Tuesday night. And obviously he, he came on um, down the left and got the assist for... Uh, against, um, for Wes Burns against Pompey. So he does his best work from the left, as we know. Um, so they were two kind of kind of surprises. Um, and well, it's not for me to, to, like you say, hang McKenna out to dry. I guess he he made the change straight away and it, it laid the groundwork for a really, really good second half.
2: He was just making it interesting, Craig. And, and for balance, <laughs> um, Lee Bayless says, I think Morecambe deserved credit for the way they harried us all in the first half. And yeah, it, by all accounts, it sounded like Morecambe were having an absolute stormer in the first half. They Um, pressed
0: really well all over the pitch. Yeah, it has to be said. They were in our faces, making it kind of nasty and horrible. Some physical challenges were flying in. Keeper taking his time over goal kicks and free kicks and stuff. And it was, yeah, they they did exactly what I guess we should have expected them to do based on the comments pre-match.
3: I hmm. think st- like that, to be fair, you sorry, sorry, uh, no, Mikey. you you say about that tackle that was I think that was a nasty tackle on Chapman Farney, wasn't it? The guy, the number it wasn't eight. His yeah. first, it wasn't his first tackle either. It's like his second or third tackle, and they were getting progressively worse as as he went on. I think he did well to stay on the pitch. To be fair,
0: it looked a red to me at the time. We all thought it was a red, and like I say, McKenna was really, really animated. So I, I've not mm. seen it back on any kind of feed or any kind of highlight. So I don't know, but at the time, it, it certainly looked like a red card. It was a really nasty challenge.
2: Excellent. I'm always always slightly distracted by some of the comments coming up. I'm trying to work out where this one has come from from Eric Claxton. I was thinking of going but ended up getting some jam from Tiptree. Good driving range there as well. Um is that is is that a gag or did you actually get some Tip Tree <laughs> jam instead of going to the game, Eric, you'll have to you'll have to let me know. Or is that a, a way of saying you got stuck in traffic and couldn't make it. I don't know. Um, There's golf
3: in there, though, Mikey, just for you.
2: Yeah, there was golf in there. Yeah, that's probably what drew my eye to it, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm honest, honest to myself. Um, Gary Lovell says we seem to improve more when Edwards moves size. I think, mm. yeah, so, sounded like we, we, we all saw that one. Um, but yeah, moving into the second half, no changes. Probably a little bit of a surprise, wasn't it, Craig? Although we did yeah. come out second half and start there was definitely yeah. a reaction wasn't there
3: yeah there was there was to be fair they 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 did come out all guns blazing in the second half um ed was especially i thought was really good on on the left there you know cutting in on his on his right foot um but yeah i was you know just by virtue of that being such a poor first half um and as seb says for those having to make changes having gone behind it just seemed it seemed to my eyes that it, we were definitely going to make a, a change, and Jackson might be the Jackson for Ladapo seemed the, um, the obvious one for me, but mm-hmm. no, you know, stuck with it. And um, as you say, Mikey, it, uh, it didn't seem to matter too much. As I say they did start the second half really, really well, certainly with some uh, some purpose.
2: Indeed, yeah. And you mentioned Edwards um, running down the left and cutting in on his right. He almost scored an absolute beauty, didn't he? Where he cut mm-hmm. in and really nice curling shot, wasn't it? Some real finesse on that. So, Really unlucky yeah, came it. off the inside of the post, didn't it? He does everything right, doesn't he? Lovely, lovely effort,
0: gets on his right foot, opens himself up, bends the ball in lovely, and he's so, so unlucky. And you know, we we absolutely dominated the two the two performances either side of halftime were chalk and cheese you know this was the the interest that we know you know you had Morsey making driving runs we we kind of got our passing game into a bit of a groove Chaplin had a bit of joy by pulling out wide on our right a few times and swinging deep crosses with his left foot and it was just such a such a turnaround you know you know when you're at football and you, you start chanting we're going to score in a minute and you can feel things are starting to to change and it was it was no surprise at all as as, as the half went on how much we had how much of the ball we had and how much we started to dominate.
2: Absolutely seven. Yeah, Michael Warner saw it the same as you. Morsey got on the ball and the game changed and we took control. Adam Flatt said Morsey took the game by the scruff for the next second half was the driving force. That's definitely how it how it sounded to me. I was listening to the I I follow up switch with Paul Mason from the from the nineties, Craig. Is that is the, just just he, he was sort of in between your favourite eras, wasn't he? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he was sort of yeah, right. Slap bang in the middle of the nineties, with the Mason. Um, yeah, but no, certainly my favourite era of of my life. But uh, yeah, no, he was, uh, and he didn't look any different, did he? When he, he was, there was a clip no, of him on um, no. ITFC. He looked exactly the same as he did when he was cutting in and slamming it in the top corner against uh, Manu.
2: Absolutely, and yeah, Chaplin had a wicked cross headed onto the crossbar by a Morecambe defender a few minutes later. The I think someone in the comments said that you have to tip your hat to uh, the the goalposts at Morecambe. And I think there were some suggestions on the Telegram group as well that (laughs) might have been from you, Craig, that the further north you get, the the wider the post and crossbar are. Um, (laughs) Yeah. At least they're the right
3: size, unlike they were at Wigan, apparently, weren't they? Two inches taller at Wigan. They
2: really. Um, But that equaliser did finally come on 54 minutes, didn't it, Seb? Yeah, so
0: the, the the one where the guy heads I think it's uh, love heads off his own crossbar it was a deep cross by Chaplin and he did the same thing that they kind of whip behind for a corner and then Leaf Davis left footed swings the ball in it falls to Edmondson who just side foots home really, really nicely. It was quite hard to see. We we're at the other end of the ground, so that on the terrace, and the sun was very low yesterday. So we all thought Keo had scored at first. Given the way he was celebrating and running back towards the fans, but then it becomes clear it's Edmondson and most of the team. I think I remember Evans, Morsey, Keo, Edmondson are all giving it to the uh, uh, to the terrace. We start going crazy and we just kind of feel like, okay, hey, we go now. It's now going to be a case of how many are we going to win by? It was a, a lovely goal, first goal I think uh, from a from a central defender in the league I think so far this season. So another kind of box ticked in the in the things that are, are feeling different this year, and um, and it got us back into the game and it was crucial that we scored whilst we had that kind of momentum behind. Because from half time onwards, we were just battering them wave after wave, and they couldn't cope with it.
2: It look, looks like he's refound his mojo, doesn't it, Edmondson? Very so much so. A, yeah, I mean, had a, I...
0: he had a very good week. Yeah, definitely. I thought he was decent at Hillsborough. Uh, Got a bit lucky, obviously, with the assist. He had had the the, the kind of the the mishap, the brain fart moment at Plymouth, uh, which led to their winning goal. But then I thought, you know, against Pompey, against Cambridge, I thought he was absolutely excellent. He was really, really good again yesterday as well. You know, he's kind of, he's got a different partner alongside him in Keo, who's talking him through a few things, but he was was so strong. He was kind of dealing with Stockton really well in the air. And I think he's definitely back to his kind of, you know, Christmas time best that we saw him last year before the injury. He uh, He's looking really, really good at the moment.
2: Excellent. Michael Warner just asked, was it a good corner for the goal or a really badly taken one, Craig? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter, does it?
3: No, yeah, really. Let's just say it was work. He meant to scuff it to, to the near post.
2: Absolutely. And Paul, Paul Westlake said, Edmondson was classed against Cambridge. Best performance mm. this season. Yeah, probably this performance at Morecambe wasn't wasn't too far behind it um three minutes after we go 1-0 up we have our first penalty we could have had one in the first half we do get one early in the second half and it was um Edwards twisting and turning again causing problems wasn't it Craig
3: yeah yeah as I say he he, played, he started really all that second half and and you know, it, there was seemed to be a concerted effort to get the ball to him, just to let him to let him run at the players, um, you know, which he's more than happy to do, as you said, Mikey he had that lovely jink inside and curl onto the uh, far post, and this time he actually got into the box, and I think it was uh, Rawson that um, brings him down. But yeah, there was no complaint, just pretty much textbook uh, textbook pen, wasn't it? Not 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 that we get many of those, do we, Crucky.
2: Outrageous. We don't. But the way the penalty was taken, Seb. So... <laughs> probably surprised all of us didn't it It wasn't a textbook penalty it wasn't no and and you know
0: given how good Chaplin is and we saw that free kick against Barnsley you know he likes to get whip and pace on his on his finishes and yeah it was just poor. I mean he didn't have the best of first half no one did to be fair but he certainly didn't have the best of first half he was struggling to make things happen his passing game was off and Obviously, you've heard in the in the in the the build-up to the game, Ripley giving it the big one, and you kind of think, "Oh, typical!" You know, the Goldie that's been giving it the given all game against the terrorists. We've been having two and fro's with him. Gets down and saves it. It Just there wasn't enough pace on it to get it into the corner, was there? It was a a pretty poor uh, penalty. It seemed to take a little while for him to take it as well. You know, some of their players, I think, were kind of encroaching a little bit and the ref had to walk all the way along the D and kind of shoo two or three of them back out of it again. So, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't that overly concerned because, like I say, we were that dominant. I kind of thought, well, we'll at least get one or two more chances throughout the game and hopefully take them. And it just kind of summed up his day, unfortunately, you know. But what was nice is as soon as he's missed it, I think Danassi and Amorzi are straight over to him, you know, slapping him and saying, come on, slapping him in a good way, <laughs> saying, come on, you know, obviously, you know, keep, you, keep your head up. And, uh, and that was great to see from a, from a kind of a team point
2: of view as well. Yeah excellent and Lee Bayless has said it for me 38 games to get one and then we get two a bit like buses talk us through how Caden Jackson wins that second penalty Craig
3: yeah I think this this was probably out of the three including the John Jules and this is probably the least mm. uh, I don't know the word least penalty like of, of all three really um, but I think Jackson's just quite clever on this one isn't it that the the, the um Defender bedo is it i think goes to ground doesn't he so he maybe diverts his um course towards goal towards his leg rather than um towards the goal sort of thing and and makes a penalty out of it um but yeah again you know, i think it you've seen him given and we'll take this one to say we weren't given the one in the uh, in the first half but you know that that probably gives you um the benefit of having still having jackson on the pitch and having jackson in that channel rather than down the middle with his Potentially with his back to goal, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm. And this penalty was taken with a bit more authority from Lee Evans, wasn't it, So yeah, I mean,
0: he held onto the ball for a while for the first one, so I thought he might be taking the first one, but it, Chapman obviously was the designated taker and he handed the ball over to him, but this time there was no doubt he picked the ball kind of straight up, popped it down, and then, yeah, decent penalty. The pace, obviously, Ripley goes the right way, but the pace of the, on the ball takes it past him. He gives it big into the to the fans behind the goal for a little bit, and yeah, we're all starting to starting to go crazy and starting to check local uh, the, the latest scores elsewhere to see if we're back top of the table yet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, and... Yeah, it was kind of ironic, really, because we was we were all probably expecting there to be half-time subs. There wasn't. And then as soon as we go 2-1 up, that's when the, the subs came along. Um, so the, f- the first ones, Jackson and Chaplin going off, fair to say they didn't have their best games of the season, but still made an impact. Yeah, made an impact.
0: Jackson wins the second penalty, and he's he's much more of a threat, I think, when he's out wide, like Craig just said, when he can, you know, really run at people. There was no space behind their their defence all game, so it wasn't one where he could lead the line and look to get in behind. So he contributed, did okay. Chaplin wasn't his best game, and and maybe he'll be one that might need a rest in the uh, in the upcoming games. But when you can bring on the likes of Ladapo and Harness and stuff, it just shows the the absolute quality that we've got, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, so that double sub saw Burns and Harness coming on. There can't be too many better double substitutions than than that this season, any, anywhere in League One. Um, and 10 minutes later, Vincent Young came on for Davis. Davis r- doesn't seem to be able to get 90 minutes very yeah. often. Strange he isn't gets, it? that. He gets kicked, though, doesn't he, so many times. He, does I mean, get he, kicked. Mm.
0: He, he is targeted by the opposition, I think, in most of the games we've seen.
3: But it does seem to be every single match he's brought off on about 70, 65, 70 minutes, doesn't it? Whereas it's not you know, on the other on the other side. It just, you know, whether that will just be the case, whether he's just... It might be that he's covering enough enough. the most the most yeah. yards. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Yeah, fair point.
2: Um, and who was the other one that came on? The Dapo came on for, mm. for John Jules. A good, a good afternoon for John Jules, would you say, Seb, or not? He did okay, yeah. I, I kind of prefer him when
0: he's in the, the, the focal point role, uh, like we yeah. saw at Hillsborough and like we saw at Shrewsbury. I don't think you get the best of him when he's tucked slightly deeper. Um, had that penalty in the first half, which, which should have been given. Shows some, some neat touches, no, no real goal threat from him at all. But, but I think we did his best work when he went through the middle for the, the chance he got there.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely.
2: Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And Veronica has pointed out that Davis has completed 90 minutes. Um, I think he's yeah. done it once. Yeah, if I remember right, I think, I, I
0: think putting my nerd hat on from stats, I think it was Shrewsbury. I think I remember he got, he completed the whole 90 minutes. But like
2: Craig says, most of the time, he's a 70, 75 minute kind of player, isn't he? Uh, Dan Connor says lots of the players talk about how much Davis gets up and down the pitch. So yeah, maybe it yeah. is the the distance covered. Yeah, he does. And he he,
3: he does it more than um, Denesin does on the other side, doesn't he? Because when Burns does it or Jackson does it, they're already two thirds of the way up the pitch when they start. You know that's where their starting position. Whereas Davis's starting position is level with the the back four, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and uh, Nor- Norman says my sense is McKenna is protecting Davis. He's still young. Mullet seems to think it was Cambridge. I mean, Mullet's a teacher, so who are we to disagree?
3: Mullet's wearing the nerd hat, then.
2: Mullet's wearing the nerd hat with his go-go as well as gadget
3: jacket, as well as that ridiculous flat hat.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: that's what I suppose. Um, and, and it was um, Davis's first club, wasn't it, Morecambe, They were saying that's where. He started. Oh yes,
2: yes, it was. Yeah. I never knew,
3: I didn't know yeah. that. I thought he came straight from um, Newcastle. Well, that's where he started. Leeds, Leeds, um, I didn't yeah. realise. I didn't. I didn't realise that's where he started his career.
2: No, I must say, I it, it escaped my knowledge as well. Until, I haven't got a nerd hat, so time. I didn't know. Oh, well. there we go. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I've saw, seen hurdle quite a lot on your Twitter, though, Craig. So there must be a nerd hat somewhere tucked away in that room of yours. No, no comment. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, two one was how it finished. Seb Stockton came quite close to scoring, didn't he? But surely he did, but that was a foul. It was a handball,
0: and it was a foul. Yeah, <laughs> he controls it with his
2: arm, and then he shoves Denassian, and then stabs it slightly yeah. wide. Yeah, I mean, quite if that good had effort got him. though, to be fair. Once he once he sort of made that chance for himself with the foul and the handball, he did well to fashion it for himself, didn't he? But for me, it was blatant. I mean, we all looked at the at the
0: linesman straight away, and he was tapping his shoulder to suggest that he controlled it there. But I thought it was a blatant handball and a blatant shove. But that was it, really there was a bit of an aerial bombardment with some long throws and some some crosses but Keo, who I thought struggled in the first half at times and looked half a yard off it was pretty immense in that second half he was clearing everything organizing everybody he's so clever you know he'll he'll shield the ball out and as soon as he gets any kind of touch he'll just throw himself to the floor like Barry used to do if you remember the Mm. you know the playoff kind of season any touch he'll go to the floor and win the free kick and it's that experience and now that I guess you want and we we did see it out pretty pretty comfortably to be honest.
3: I was going to pick he up on that. That free kick he got right in front of you guys, didn't he, In the towards the end last 10 minutes or so, was just text- which just relieved pressure. Yeah. I'll have that. Oh, there was a definite foul there. Ref turns to the ref, gets his free kick. Let's waste another 30 seconds and get the ball 80 yards away from our goal.
0: Yeah, very much. He's becoming a cult hero because the chance in the second half were all pretty much for him. And like I say, he wasn't at it at the first half, but second half he was really, really good.
2: And you, you get the feeling that probably a lot of that is to do with the fact that he started his career at Ipswich. I think I think the fans quite like that as a story, don't they? It's nice. Isn't,
0: yeah, it's, it's great. Later. He's done that. I don't know if you've seen the Sunday stroll thing the club released at some point last yeah. week. That was good as well. I always forget he's from Essex. It's weird. When you hear him talking, I always completely forget that he's like a you know an Essex boy. So that was a decent insight as well. And, yeah, it's nice. It's come full circle and... Obviously, when he signed, some of us maybe thought he was there for his experience in the dressing room, but he's contributing
2: on the pitch and, yeah, yeah. played played really well in that second half. Still, still got plenty to offer, seemingly. And you, you mentioned earlier, Seb, that when we went 2-1 up, attention started to turn to the results elsewhere. And there were some pretty interesting ones, wasn't there? Yeah,
0: some of them really, really went for us, were not they? I mean, but I, I think on the pre-match show, Dave and, and and Rich were saying it could be a weekend where you know the top four or five all win because all the fixtures looked pretty, pretty favourable. Yeah, Dave said that, but yeah.
2: Rich did. Rich, to his credit, did say potential banana skins.
0: Yeah, and there, and there were some them. I mean, Barnsley were one of the form teams going into that game
2: against Exeter, and what a what a lovely story that is for uh, for Stansfield. Hmm. Yeah a lovely story any any others jumping jumping out from the page there Craig for you
3: uh, just Shepherd Wednesday obviously Barry Benz sticking in the top corner from 25 yards and mm. and another back heel assist you know the guys pretty incessant isn't he but you know they they could end up losing next week you know we said last week they've i think lost three of the first first 12 matches before uh, yesterday um Milton Keynes don't seem to be able to catch a break do they either at the moment they're gonna Liam Manning's a deal would hold on to his job let alone get a yeah. job further up the um up the pyramid um but yeah no so say, you watch all the highlights the, the interesting one was that um action in Plymouth um obviously it was pretty straightforward victory for Plymouth at the end but that sending off was an interesting one wasn't it two red cards for the same tackle I don't know if you saw that
0: Oh, both be, went flying in, that. didn't they? I think I think yeah. Andy Holt's come out, hasn't he, on uh, on Twitter and said a few things, unsurprisingly. But yeah, they both just went absolutely flying in, didn't they? It was a a throwback challenge that you expect to see on Match of the Day
3: revisited, wasn't it? Yeah, neither man went for the neither man went for the ball. They both got. So, I don't know which way the ref gave the
2: free kick. <laughs> yeah, do you just do a drop ball in that in, in, incident? <laughs> so, so, I'll just, just run through all of these results. So, uh, I think said mentioned Exeter won 2 0 at Barnsley, Bristol Rovers 2 1 at home to Cambridge, Port Vale one away at Derby. I think yeah. Ellis Harrison scored again,
0: didn't he? Yes. He did. Yeah, he won. Was it a penalty? He's, he's, he's yeah. in a bit of form, isn't he? And did you see the red card for James Collins as well? A, a- WWE forearm smash on the ground, so he's out of the the Sky game in in a couple of weeks' time now. Thankfully. He
3: he, he did that, didn't he? Then he all of a sudden goes, oh balls, and then he yeah. sort of <laughs> flung himself to the floor backwards as if he'd been hit as well, didn't
0: he?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bolton losing away at Forest Green. Another that's a that sort of came from nowhere, didn't it? And Conor Wickham yeah, scored again, didn't he? Is it Connor fifth Wickham, goal of yeah. the
0: season so far? He's on a short-term deal for January, five goals, I think, for the for the season. So, Joe, yeah, happy happy for him.
3: Joe Fares is convinced we're going to sign him in January, isn't he? <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, Lincoln, Link nil, Charlton, Neil Charlton's Char- still not up and running at all. They might have a new manager by the time mm-hmm. we go there. And in a few weeks' time, Wickham got a good, decent result for them away at Oxford. They need to start picking up results fast if they're going to trouble the playoffs again, though, Wickham. Um, Posh held at home by Burton. They, they seem so inconsistent at the moment, Peterborough. It's a surprise. Plymouth, as you mentioned, easy winners at home to Accrington. Pompey held by Fleetwood at home. And yeah, Sheffield Wednesday, 3-0 against Cheltenham. and Shrewsbury Town, 2-1 winners against Milton Keynes. And that leaves the table looking like this. And it's still pretty reading, isn't it? Plymouth top 13 games, 31 points. We're second with a much... Superior goal difference, we can point to that. 13 games, 30 points. We're in dreamland, aren't we, boys?
3: Mm. Very Dude, much Chris, so. I mean... Chris Rand pointed out that was it. Boxing Day last year was when we got to the equivalent number of points. 30 points. Wow. So, yeah. And that lovely, yeah. that lovely, that lovely so little gap down
0: to, to third as well. And even if Pompey win those two games in hand, they still can't catch us. So, yeah, it's all looking... Really, really rosy. I noticed did, um, the Pompey game, an uh, uh, assist from Toto Enciala. He, he won a corner and headed mm-hmm. it back across goal for for Fleetwood to equalise. So still helping us out, bless him.
3: And, um, <laughs> still I think still Piggott, helping us out. Joe Piggott came on for um, Portsmouth, didn't he, I think?
2: Ah, Piggott against Enciala. Love to see it. Let's um, dip back into these comments, shall we? Graham, Graham says, flattering 3-0 for... For Plymouth. Very difficult game. I'd have
3: a flattering free hill every week. Yeah.
2: Well we had one against Cambridge really, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Exeter might be the dark horse, this is Eric Clacton.
0: Doing well, long, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, obviously they've lost the manager now, so that'll be a big a big test for whoever I, they haven't appointed really new, have they yet? I mean, I might have missed that if they have, but I guess they'll be looking to carry on that that really, really good foreman and, and and yeah, they've certainly started off really, really well so
2: far this year. Dan Connors says, Harper, player of the year, Craig, getting some plaudits at Exeter.
3: As he should. Yeah. Oh, good. No, no it's good to hear. Um, I'm not entirely sure he's going to have anything, unfortunately. I don't think he's going to get a chance to win Player of the year with us um, going forwards. But, uh, yeah, no, i to hear that.
2: And I know we kind of touched upon it, but would you take Wickham in January?
0: If he keeps well, scoring. I mean, if he's on five already, if we get to the transfer window and he's on 10-12, tw- then... As a short-term option, maybe, but I, I'm not sure he'll fit in. He, he's not. He's not really a presser, is he? I don't think. I don't think he's going to be able to fit in with McKenna. He'd be good with back with his back to goal, I guess, um, but but probably not for me.
3: Depends. if We get to the last knockings of the transfer window, and all we've got is Burton striker or Forest Green Rovers striker. We, you know, we we got <laughs> Burton striker at the end of this transfer window, didn't we? I'd imagine they'll be doing everything they can to acquire their number one targets come January. I can't imagine we won't get a striker in January regardless
2: Lee bellis says not a chance Charlie D 100% no Norman says our goal difference is like an extra half half a point that's true um yeah. Charlie D how is N'Darby getting on I think he's had an injury but he's not really playing at Burton
0: no, no, he was no, injured, I mean, wasn't he?
2: And he's not, he's not really featured. And they've obviously got a new change of manager change
0: now. Of manager, so yeah. that might be one maybe where we look to recall him in, in January and send him out elsewhere to get some minutes. Send him back to Salford for the second half of the season again, maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah, could could happen. Paul Westlake, Elm is probably the best of the loans at the moment. Doing well. Pleased for him, yeah. Yeah, it's great to see him doing well at at, at Leighton Orient. I think he got injured yesterday, though, didn't he? He went off at half-time. Yeah, he- Went off with the hamstring, didn't he? Apparently, so
0: hopefully it's not a not a bad one. Hopefully,
3: no, he's been doing well. They've got a hell of a midfield, haven't they? I was talking to mate. They've got Darren Prattley, Elmiz and um, George Moncur, haven't they? He used to play for U. That's their central midfield yeah. three. So that's half decent in League Two, isn't
2: it? Yeah, very, very, very. Dear. I mean, it's unusual for a League Two midfield to be three players that that I've heard of. heard of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what's unusual. What's in what's League it? One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, Burton has signed Mariapa too. I mean, it feels like he's been linked with us a number of times in previous, the previous era, previous era, previous regime. Um, right, let's do a couple of plugs, shall we? So there's no game this week, which is unusual, isn't it? No, No midweek league game, no pizza cup game. Mm. I think the next game is not until next Saturday against Lincoln, but I think we'll be back with a live Q&A on Wednesday at 8, eight o'clock. Please join us for that. And said, presumably, you'll be back alongside Rich for the previous show ahead of that Lincoln game. Yeah, um, it'll, be
0: a, it'll be a pre-record this week because I'm going back for Lincoln, so I presume
2: we'll record it on Thursday night and, as usual, release it Friday morning. Excellent. And uh, I don't know if you listened to the pre-match show with um, Dave Um Dave Diamond, but um, I don't think he really covered himself in glory again with the predictions. No, yeah, I listened to it, and yeah, having seen the results come in, I mean, that feature's
0: probably dead now, isn't it? It's probably time we put it to bed and come up with something <laughs> different. I, I think that'll be
2: 6-1, I think, or 7-1 in rounds. I don't know. I'm,
0: I'm so far behind, I'm never going to claw it back. Are but we going to it give
2: some, are we gonna have to give some respect to yeah. Rich's predictions?
0: No, God, no. No, never no. At all okay. Just, just, just lucky. Like, yeah, I, I was always playing catch-up from week one when I was off, and, and, and Dave had a bit of a nightmare, so I'll use that to, to defend my honour. Not the fact that I'm just totally crap at it.
3: Is it a um? Is it a host versus? I, I don't watch the YouTube clip. I always only list it on the pod, so I don't get to see the table. But Good has save. Rich put it host or and it's you know, whatever he wants?
0: There's a host one. There's a overall points oh, one. Sure. He just, yeah, oh, so I, it. I don't it's mind coming
3: in and, like being host and completely blowing up the. Prediction, take one for the team. That's
0: what I wanted. Ben hosted once, and um I was yeah. saying, right, brilliant, you can do seven right. more draws and all that kind of stuff. And he he had a joke one, he said he predicted somebody four nil. And so that's my 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 token one. And it actually happened, so he got like an oh, extra man. two points for that one. So yeah, brilliant.
2: Fair play. Are you that confident, Craig, that you'll just go in and beat Rich up any game?
3: No, I'll get all the predictions wrong and therefore Let's yeah, you know, oh, I see. Oh, you're back. going to Absolutely, host it yeah. and
2: get them wrong. Throw yeah, if, it, okay? If the, if the host, oh, crush you. I'm not
3: confident enough to know the hell I'm talking about. No, 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 no. and
2: then and to- talking of hosting duties, mid- mid-week Q&A, radiator keys at the ready. <laughs>
3: <It's> <laughs> yeah, probably... well, I don't know if I'm going to be around this week, unfortunately. <laughs> but yes, by all means, you know, everyone is getting colder and colder. I've actually bought myself one of those lint still like lint scraper things. You got any carpet? You see, I've, I've been spending all day scraping the carpets, getting the cat buffer. <laughs> off. So you know.
2: You you live a life, don't you, Craig?
3: <laughs> that's a unfortunately that's a rather large glimpse into my uh, my world. Yeah, that's
2: as exciting as it gets. Paul Westlake says, Good luck predicting the changes for Saturday, Seb. Could be half a dozen again. Or does any has anyone done enough to keep their place? Yeah, who do we see? I mean, with a whole week, there's probably l- I mean, I suppose there will be changes due to the fact that we'd made so many changes for for the Morecambe game. Do you expect it to be similar to the team that started against Cambridge or... Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, there's kind of forming, isn't there, in a away team
0: and a home team a little bit in certain positions now. We know the likes yep. of John Jules and Jackson tend to start away from home. I'm not sure if Keo. I mean, Keogh was, was really, really good second half yesterday, but I'm assuming at home, when you're going to have more of the ball, you're going to want Wolfenden perhaps to, you know, be that natural bridge between the defence and the and the midfield. Evans and moors I think, will start, and I'd expect the likes of Burns to come back in. I'd like to see Edwards start again, if I'm honest. You know, he did really, really well. Got the assist against Portsmouth, got the two goals again against Cambridge uh, against and played really well yesterday so I'd have no issue with him starting again
2: um, but but probably on the left not on the right hand side
3: mm. Yeah,
2: There's not many players left looking for that first start is there really? I mean it feels like Vincent Young hasn't had a crack at the whip for a little while but no, we, Could we not, maybe not see him come, come in on the left maybe if if Davis Davis is injured?
3: Uh, Davis had a week has not he I suppose yeah, if, that's a, that's the, as you say Mikey there's nothing happening this week is there in terms of matches so Everyone's going to have a, a clear run at, um, at next weekend, aren't they? So a bit like I said, I'd, I'd give Edwards a go and start him up up on the left as he finished, well, not finished game, but, you know, as he started in the second half um, yesterday, Burns on the right, and pick your choice of one who we have in the uh, have in the middle behind the DAP, I would imagine.
0: Maybe give Chaplin a rest. He's looked a little bit mm. off at the last couple of games, hasn't he? You've got a big game against Derby a week later on Sky, so maybe you know give give Chaplin a few minutes off the bench towards
2: the end if it's all going well, and and, and give him a bit of a
0: break before some big games.
2: Norman says Wolfie's been carrying a slight strain for the last few weeks. Dan Connors asked, "Do, do we rest Morsey with Derby in mind and him on four yellows?" I don't know if we can really afford to do that, it's, especially it's if Ball is so crucial, isn't one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, he's so crucial. I mean,
0: yesterday we improved when he started driving with the ball. He's just so important to us. I guess maybe if you can get yourself in a commanding position, take him off to protect him a little bit. I thought he was going to get booked yesterday when he when he gave the free kick they scored from, when he gave it away for the trip. I thought that was going to be his booking. He would then sit out Lincoln and be fine for Derby, but but, but the ref let a fair, a fair few things go and didn't book him. So I don't think he'll he'll rest him from the start, but maybe if we get in a commanding position and ball's back, you could look to maybe sub him off in the in the second half to protect him.
3: Yeah, that's the issue you guys. If the ball's not fit, then who <clears throat> who are you going to have to replace? I think you just got to take each game as it comes, and you can't really start working on eventualities or what might happen. You know, might not get booked, so therefore he plays both games, doesn't he?
2: They uh, didn't. Veronica Dodd says a bit of chat yesterday about Evans possibly going to the World Cup. I... Hmm. He has. Hasn't... You got tickets.
0: <laughs> i'd be surprised i mean the Welsh no. squad is pretty settled isn't it if you haven't featured at this stage you're not going to come out the blue i know it's a bigger squad the normal 26-man squad and you know he's, he's been playing really really well we all thought it would be ball and morsey so far this season but he's been absolutely superb since the start of the of the campaign but i, I think I, I can't see him getting in now surely not given he's not featured at all for them
3: he's ideally suited isn't he, to the way that we play but i can't imagine for one second he's gonna get as much time in the centre midfield of a international match as he does strolling around occasionally in in uh, league one does he so I think he's I think we'll be safe. Unfortunately you, for him.
2: Yeah. It's a bit of a shame for him. Um do you know what our last home game is before the World Cup, Craig?
3: When's it, I don't know when the World Cup starts, mate.
2: It starts in the
3: uh, oh, ours is the first twenty fifth November, isn't it? It's the USA game, but I can't is that the first one?
2: Oh, okay, I, I thought it was slightly. I know. A, I know when the a um, segue into the I, <laughs> the live the live. I know show. when the Cheltenham matches, mate. If that's any help. <laughs> Seb, yeah, so um, tell us when the Cheltenham matches and uh, what what else I is think going it's on. That late. last game before the World Cup, I'm not
0: entirely sure, but I could probably check that. Yeah, it's Saturday, the 12th of November, and obviously we've got Blue Monday live straight away. Well, not straight away. Sorry, at eight o'clock in the Sir Bobby Robson suite after hopefully a superb win that cements our place at the top of the league. Are there any tickets left, Craig?
3: I don't know if there are actually. I think I think if you need them, you need to go onto either um, some sort of ticket tout website. They're going <laughs> very, very good, like gold dust now. So Yeah, yeah they're like if, the if Sheffield Wednesday
2: programmes, aren't
3: they? <laughs> yeah, that and Charlton tickets. Charlton yeah, Away, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charlton Away tickets, yeah. Um now you might be lucky. Um so yeah, get on BluemondayITfc.co.uk. There's a link straight to the um the ticket link. Yes. Good. Hopefully, see everyone there. Looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, that'll be a good night, and you'll be doing your best Ken Bruce impression, no doubt at times, Craig.
3: I, no, I can't do impressions, mate. I leave that to the professionals. Okay. <laughs> I think Rich is going to do. Uh, as I understood it, Rich is going to do one from each of the managers a lot, you know, throughout the years. So look out for that. He's going to like a medley. Oh,
2: that is, that is something to look a forward to. <laughs> Blimey, the price of tickets really is going to skyrocket now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Michael Warner, another World Cup-related one. Burgess should go with Australia. The Australia defenders are so poor, but I think at this stage, if they haven't really been involved in qualifying and friendlies, they're not going to get called up now. And poor yeah, Burgess and needs to.
0: face
3: to, is being
2: yeah, rebuilt yeah, at he the needs to,
0: Yeah, the swelling needs to go down and needs to get back to yeah, league football.
2: I just, yeah, if, if you haven't featured by now, you're not going to get in, are you? No, I don't think so. Good question here from Norman Greenwald. So how many how many matches have we, if we played now? Is it 12? Yeah. Twelve matches, thirty points, isn't it? Who's your player of the season so far? He's gone for for Evans, who's scored three goals now.
3: It's really, it's a really good question, actually, Norman. I did, and yeah, I think he, he's one of those. He's probably been second play, in player of the month awards for each of the months that we've had so far, isn't yeah. it, whereas people have sort of dipped up and above him and below him sort of thing. So very possibly consistently, he, he very well probably has been because you know the is has one Player of the Month, but um, has, has been a bit hot and cold. As Seb says about Chaplin, Yeah, has same Player of the Month, but been a bit hot and cold, hasn't he? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, they're probably the Mr. Consistent. Um, and, you know, Leif Davis started off a little bit slowly, but has obviously got, you know, better and better and better as the <clears throat> weeks have gone on. So, yeah, probably from the, from the get-go through to now, it probably has been um, Lee Evans' fair play, which is, as you say, surprised everyone because everyone thought he'd be fighting for his place.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I think we all did, didn't we? I think a lot of us were expecting um ball to start. Graham Burns says thirteen matches played, okay. Paul Westlake says Davis or Evans. Yeah, Davis has really come come on strong, hasn't he, the last few weeks, Seb.
0: Yeah, he's he's looking excellent, isn't he? You know, he had the dodgy start against Bolton where he gives the penalty away, but the poor guy was in Australia forty hours before that and stuff, so He's really, really growing into it and looking really great each game. He he bombs up and down that flank. I think he's now joint with Donatian on assists. I think they've got three each after after the corner taken yesterday. So he's really contributing vitally and
2: he's a he's a great little player. He has indeed a few shouts for Christian Walton. Mullet mm. goes for him. Chris Rand, Veronica Dodd, Walton MVP. I think Veronica's been watching the, the NFL with with that type of language.
3: Yeah, but has Walton, you know, Fair you know, everyone's got their opinion, but has Walton he's just there, he's we just know that he's there if required, if you know what I mean. yeah Has he won games for us His like distribution bar, bar, bar has just had been had so it.
2: good though, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, he just looks so good for, for League
3: yeah. One. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got entirely one hundred percent confidence that you know he's gonna he's gonna do the job, but in terms of nine out of ten performances, he's just he's just there, isn't he? He hasn't needed many nine out of ten performances, has he, thankfully.
2: Veronica <laughs> says, What's what's NFL? Um Walton has created such confidence. Yeah, I suppose mm. that's that's that like like you like you say, that's such a big part of it, isn't it? We look like we have real leaders now all over the pitch there. Very much so.
0: And you know, we've seen it in a fair few games. When you're under the cosh a little bit, you just want you uh, when you're facing a corner or a free kick, Walton has this knack, doesn't he? Just coming out, claiming the ball effortlessly, dropping down and relieving all the pressure off the mm-hmm. off the side. So yeah, he, he's absolutely crucial and he's breathing the the confidence that the the three in front of him can 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 move forward up the pitch with such a solid base behind them, and like you said, his distribution in the summer they must have been working on it because it was never his strong suit. I didn't no. think last season, but this year he's he's kind of a whole new level. He's had a couple of ricks, obviously away at Hillsbury, he gave the ball away to Bannon with that that shot that bounced just over, and the the free kick yesterday came from a misplaced pass. But but yeah. nine times out of ten, he can ping the ball around, lovely out to either flank, and um, yeah, what a what a great keeper. A touch wood, we've probably solved that position now for the next
2: five, six years all being well, haven't we? Definitely looks that way. And, and uh, do you expect us to just stay with this formation pretty much the whole way through the season now, Craig?
3: I think so, yeah. I think it's 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 pretty much morphed into a back four now, isn't it, with Donatian being a quite a narrow um, right back and, as we were saying earlier about Davis being uh, you nailed a left back rather than a, than a left wing back. Um, two sitting in, two in front of those in the middle. And it's... Sort of four-two-three-one now, really, isn't it? Um, if you think you've got Edwards playing, currently playing, um, Burns when he does play, he doesn't play as a right wing back, does he? He plays as a right winger. So it's it's looking more and more instead of it being two number tens. It's sort of a nothing, nothing symmetrical, is it in the team? It's all very going along football manager lines. All very asy- asymmetrical, isn't it? It's no, nothing's quite um, there. But yeah, I think I think they'll just keep it. It's, it's not, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
2: No, and what what would you imagine they'll be working on in the training ground this week? So just just more of the same, or is there? Or did you see any any sort of areas that that troubled you a little bit at Morecambe? No,
0: more more of the same. I would think. Like I say, it was it was the pitch. I think that meant we couldn't get our natural kind of game going. Um, we've done we've done so well, like Craig if If it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. We've had three completely different kind of wins this week, haven't we? You know, we had Pompey was the big game against one of the contenders, and they were free scoring, and we completely nullified them and did really well. They scored two penalties, obviously. But, you know, apart from that, didn't really threaten elsewhere. Then on Tuesday night, we've beaten a side that was trying to frustrate us with a low block. And kind of we had to be patient and break them down. And then yesterday, we've kind of been awful at halftime and then shown some resilience after after the break. And kind of, you know, one of those horrible gritty away days that traditionally we've fallen down at. So we've got all these different methods of playing in our locker. And I think it'll just be a case of, you know, repetition, repetition, repetition.
3: I think someone was saying that on the Telegram group was saying that Lincoln uh, or someone, a friend of a friend said, Lincoln are uh, one of the worst teams they've seen so far this season. So we'll see what they can uh, bring to Portman Road on, on Saturday. But, you know, as you as you say, Rich, it's... Uh, Rich, as Mikey, what a week it's been. Uh, three wins, what, three, six, eight goals, one conceded. Just keep it going, keep rolling on. Because other teams are, aren't they? You know, Plymouth certainly are. It yeah,
0: feels like it's going to be can't a stop high. Nobody else is. It feels like it's going to be a high bar again, doesn't it, to get to get yeah. up there? You could be looking at you know finishing third on 90 points again this season or whatever. So all we can do <laughs> is you know I know we said yesterday we were looking at the, the, the the other scores, see where we're in the league, but if we can just look after ourselves, take one game at a time. The old cliche, take one game at a time, look after and do what we do, and then you know we should the way we're playing it up on the right side of things come May.
2: I like this from Chris Rand. Let's face it; we're playing four-two-four Brazil seventy style. I'm not going. I'm not going to say it, Craig. I'm not going to have it. to answer that one. You yeah. bloody
3: bills Come on.
2: <laughs> uh, FPL tractor, how are the esteemed panel handling? ICFC being good? It's weird, right? Yeah, it is a little bit strange. People, people at work saying, "Oh, another good result for Ipswich," and yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit strange, like having having this sort of attention. Normally, normally people are on the wind up about it.
3: It's just the, it's just having the confidence that the people in charge of your club, whether it be behind the scenes or on the pitch, have a they sort of know what they're up to at the moment, and you can sort of trust them to get stuff right. And you know, even if things aren't going right, you sort of trust them to change stuff to make it right again. And I said on the um, the midweek show um, about the Cambridge game on Tuesday, that there was nothing. The crowd weren't of the world, although I heard it down my neck of the woods in in the stadium, the crowd weren't that frustrated. They weren't that impatient. They were just, okay, we're all right. We've got this. And they they kept behind the team all the way through. And considering we didn't score to what, the 70th minute or 72nd minute, where it happened to be, there was no, Getting on the players' backs because we're going backwards instead of going forwards. There was there was nothing. It was just know, okay, We got we're going to build it. And as said, we saying yesterday about getting that one goal and then feeling that something else is coming. There seemed to be that all the way through. Even even when it was nil nil, you know, there just seemed to be a a, a group agreement that we, we, we're we're going to be all right here. You know, leave it leave it to the guys. They they know what they're up to. It's been a while since we've been able to say that.
2: Absolutely, Paul Westlake is in complete agreement with you. If we've learned anything from Cambridge and Morecambe, it is to trust Kira McKenna, hundred percent agree. And it, it I think it does help the players as well, doesn't it, Seb, that we're that we're not like jumping at them when we're when things aren't going well after fifty five minutes. Yeah, very much so. You know,
0: remain calm, remain patient. Like I say, at halftime yesterday, there were a few utterings and I was a bit nervous, but, you know, you've got to trust them to do the right thing. And I guess they will use these experiences to look back on, you know, they can now think to themselves, we we came back after adversity in both Morecambe and Portsmouth after going, you know, the the deflation at Portsmouth with the second penalty, we went straight up for the other end and and scored a goal. We broke a team down on Tuesday night. We showed resilience yesterday. They can use those examples to refer back to in future games. And, and yeah, we have to trust McKenna implicitly because let's be honest, the the sample size he's given us of performances and data is absolutely incredible.
2: It's absolutely outstanding, isn't it? Mm. Old Jude Smith. It's going to be town season this year. And that's from someone that's been in the pub all afternoon. Um, (laughs) that's my mum if you weren't aware um any last <laughs> words from from you craig before we go
3: um no i don't think so mate i, don't, I think um other than you know get your tickets while they're still available and are um,
2: they are still available now are they <laughs> <laughs> i have just yeah i've just i've got i've got a box for you. i've just stuck them on ebay yeah yeah <laughs> brilliant and and yeah seb um if everyone could everyone that's watching on youtube would give this a a like a thumbs up that that would help us as well wouldn't it
0: yeah it makes a big difference to these algorithms and things that i don't really understand but rich always bangs on about them so if it keeps rich they're quiet they're for a bit longer everyone it. give us a thumbs up
2: please absolutely and chris randers just hit 10 kilometers on the exercise bike thanks for making it bearable <laughs> glad we could be of assistance yeah in enjoy the rest if of I your be, sunday if could everyone have a
3: couple of thousand of those chris that'd be absolutely fantastic if i'm a few of your meters would be be good. Thank you. Sorry, Mikey. lovely.
2: All right. Good goodbye, everyone. Cheers for watching and have sound.
1: Buttery exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport powered by fans.